When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get his second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Thomas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's 4-2 Houston Dynamo. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. This is season three, episode. Joey, is it four or five? 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 I think it's five. Who gives a fuck? Because we just beat Dallas. <laughs> we just beat Dallas in an unfriendly. But uh, before we go into everything, I have to make this note at the beginning called housekeeping because I've been doing this little audio segment before everything, but then I don't run the ads. So we can't make all that money we make. Uh, guys, if you're listening, rate, review, and subscribe. You can click the five stars, and in Apple, you can write something nice. Uh, coming up this week, if you're interested in ever seeing my stand-up shit, I'll be at Rudyard's in Montrose on Monday at 9.30. Thursday on a, at Avant Garden on Westheimer at 9.30. And then Friday and Saturday night is midnight at the Secret Group for the Dirty Show, which is it's not too dirty, but it's it's a little dirty. But Joey... Now that that shit's done, how are you? Solid. Tell us more. I was pretty good after last night, so it's good to see a Dynamo game. Oh, it felt so good. I was so, shocked that it happened. I didn't expect to be watching that that night. I, I couldn't find it. Like It showed that LAFC, LA was playing and somebody else. Then when I clicked LA, it showed me below it. You can also watch Houston and Dallas. It's like, oh, yep. good. What are anything eventful happening in your life right now, aside from average Chinese food? Dude, nothing at all. Nothing. No dates, no no car accidents, no DUIs, no. nothing. No, hopefully not. So, I don't know. Man, your life has got to be just so chill. It really is. You probably have zero anxiety. Yeah. That's wonderful. So uh I could tell you about my little adventure. On. Let's hear it. So before I go on, uh, I know that the person, look, there's somebody out there that listens to all these or has and gets quite upset with me. But uh, I know after this story, I'm going to get some, probably some text messages, but this person is now blocked. So hopefully I don't. But uh, Thursday night, Joey, I went on a date. Okay. With a human. Like me, me and a woman, we went out. Thought you were done with that. Uh, man, you know what? I like women. I like having fun. I like a good time. I like company. I get lonely. I can't be around just children all the time, dude. Like I, 
I, I don't know if like the, I think the relationship part is what's going to take a long time to get into again, but dating and relationships are different and you never know. That's the thing. I also don't want to, I don't want to sit on my laurels and miss something because you never know. Yeah. It's a Thursday. Uh, I'd actually started talking to this lady about a week ago and she messaged me one of the nights I was doing the late shows and I invited her out. I said, cause she lived right by. I said, come down. And she goes, no, it's cold. And I'm in bed. And I said, well, maybe we can talk some other time. And I figured that would be it. Cause you know, a midnight text, you usually think, okay, one and done. But now we started chit-chatting and we set up a time to meet. And I said, you know, I have a show on Thursdays. I do at Avant Garden. The show starts at nine 30. We can go out to eat over there. She says, sure. Where you want to go? So I told her and we met up. And dinner was really nice. And then we walked over and we did the show and it was, man, it was a good fucking show. I went up there thinking I was doing five minutes and I ended up up there for eight because I had to ask the host. I was like, man, how long was that? That wasn't five. She goes, it was eight. You were doing well. It's like, well, shit, nice. next time tell me because I was only ready for five. I had to bring some stuff off the dome. <laughs> and I was, I was a little, I was a little tipsy because we'd been drinking and I, I've pretty much stopped drinking for the most part. Anyway, we go do the show. And then we do something that I was not expecting to do, which was go downtown. We went downtown and we went out and we hit up some clubs and we drank a lot, a whole bunch. Uh, she was, it was a wonderful evening. It was really, really amazing. It, uh, it ended with her reading me excerpts from a book around 3 a.m. on her couch. Uh, the rest of the night, I'm going to keep private because I don't want to go into anything else. But man, it was, a it book. was a... Oh God, it was, a, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't remember the name of the book, but I know it was about how humans are inherently good and not bad, which sometimes I fail to see. It's an interesting topic. Yeah. And it's something that she was very persistent about very, um, what's the word? Not persistent, uh, passionate about, she's very passionate about that belief. And that was, that was different to hear because most people think humans are awful because of what we do. You know, which is one of our topics. But Thursday was great. It was so great, Joey, that I had a call out from work on Friday because there was no fucking way I was going to be able to go up and entertain 30 kids for eight hours. It was not going to happen. I, I was knew I was going to be worthless. Now, the next part of this story is fucking, uh, it's, uh, it's not depressing. It's just sad. So my kids were coming over this weekend and I had to charge my special needs son phone his phone, my special needs child's phone so he could play on it. Otherwise he will flip shit. So as I plug it in, it starts dinging. And the ex had managed to, because she'd been blocked, she managed to get messages through to an alternative iCloud account that I use on his phone because I don't want my messages popping up on his phone because you never know what's going to be in there. Right? Mm -hmm. So I got... Man, I got some of the most disgusting photos and text messages I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like from a person that at one point I was I was in love with. The shit that was said and the pictures that were sent were vile and just fucking wrong. And that's coming from me. I have a pretty strong constitution. And the shit I saw, I was like, oh my God. And it didn't even make me angry, Joey. It, it didn't, man. It made me, number one, it made me realize how wrong I was about this person. 
which made me like sad for myself because you, you get tired of swinging and missing, right? Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, you know, hurt them back, do it back, do something back. But all I told her was, I hope you find peace and happiness. I love you and don't ever contact me again. And then tonight I did a little therapy. I dropped all the shit off that reminds me of her or she ever gave me on her front porch. All right. Yeah. It's pretty good, I think. Yeah, man. It's just respectable. There's some the, the the way this was ended was unlike anything I've ever experienced. It was just fucking gross. Like gross. Anyway. Speaking of gross, yo, did you see the shit? I know you're not a Tottenham fan, but did you see what happened to uh, Young Min Son on social media today? I didn't. Okay, well, are you familiar with what happened to Yvonne Tony from Brentford? Yes. Okay, something similar, like Son scored a goal versus uh, West Ham today. Mm-hmm. And these motherfuckers go on and they start calling him like dog eater, cat eater. This just awful fucking racist bullshit and look uh, joey how do you feel about racism in sports oh there's no place for it like when you see it like what's what's your first reaction the first word that comes to your mind it's disgusting really yeah that's pretty much what i was going to say like what the fuck is wrong with you people it's a game it's a game and you guys are attacking a man it, it goes everywhere like they threw uh bananas at delhi I'm sure they've done stuff to Obama Yang when he was in Arsenal. I mean, it happens oh, all the fucking time. Soccer. Yeah. Oh God, him when he missed Went that PK. penalty. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, these motherfuckers. Like, what are y'all doing? Rashford gets it a lot too. Like, they're people. Like, yes, they're athletes. Yes, they make a lot of money. Yes, they're better than you at sports. But dude, they're still people with families and kids and wives and moms and dads. Like, what the fuck? It just bothers me. And like. Some of these guys that are professional athletes are pieces of shit, like Zuma, the cat kicker. Greenwood. Uh, yeah, Greenwood. Although he's he was never charged. So I have a I don't believe he's not a I believe he's the piece of shit. But he's also not guilty. Yeah, he's not legally a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm saying he's not guilty in a court of law. There's a difference. But at the same time, like Youngman's son is one of the nicest people in fucking sports. And this is like, I don't even know who was doing it. West Ham fans. I don't know which primarily like which team the supporters were of, but there's, what are y'all doing? And like, you shouldn't do that here either. Like, I don't, I don't really see it much in Houston. Like, have you seen any incidents of racism in sports when it comes to the dynamo or anything like that? Not really. No, neither have I. I mean, we've been called, uh, thugs and hooligans but it is what it is we all have that little that's a different thing punching somebody because they're talking shit and then making fun of their ethnicity or belittling their their heritage because they scored a goal those are on two different levels Mm -hmm. joey how many faces have you punched in your life Mm. Uh, maybe two nice how they turn out, you win? Oh, every time. Undefeated. Uh, no, you know what? I knew that. I should have even asked. Anyway, <laughs> nobody fucks with Joey. It's been a long time, though. 
I think the last time I was in a fight, I was 32. All right, eight years, nine years. Not that I was in high school. I mean, not that it, the opportunity hasn't presented itself. I just now I just kind of chuckle because one of two things are going to happen. I'm either going to kick your ass and call the police on you. You're going to kick my ass and I'm still going to call the police on you. There you go. Because it's easier, man. It's easier to like let the law handle it because, dude, a fucking felony hurts way more than a punch in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. All right. So Academy revamp. We have uh, we've taken. Who is it? Moon Moonjeeb. How do you say his name? Majib Marana. I think it's Mujib Marana. Majib Marana, and who's the other one that we just elevated? Michaela was official, right? Michaela, but we've known yeah. that. But uh, not only did they do that, but they rebranded. I don't know if you've seen this. The Dynamo Dash yeah. Youth is now HTX Sports. It's really confusing. I I read the article like five or six times, and I still don't fully understand it. It seems like the Dynamo have taken their hands out of it. Yeah. But they were never really like, so my son plays in that, that Academy umbrella and the, yes, there's a pathway to the dynamo. Yes. They have competitive recreational pre-academy and Academy levels, but it was never really, you didn't have dynamo players out there, dynamo coaches out there. Like every now and again, they'd have an event, but I don't, this thing now just seems like they're kind of getting away from it but why, why remove the name it's all weird to me i i think there, there must be a plan there but i don't really understand it i mean I don't, I don't know what it is at all i know that that's where we have to start when we talk about revamping the academy and you know how we've been neglecting it for years we have to start with the kids because if you can make them into fans number one you just increase your fan base and number two, you provide a pathway to possibly playing professional, which is, by the way, parents, it, it's probably not going to happen. Your son is probably not Lionel Messi. He's probably just messy when he eats his fucking chicken nuggets. Uh, but man, it's, it's, it is confusing. I, I can't make any sense of it. The thing is, it's been so bad for so long. I feel like any sort of change was necessary. Even if it's one I don't really understand, I think it's probably still up in the right direction. See, there's so many different clubs here in Houston, SG, Albion, uh, Houstonians. There's so many different clubs with pathways to USL teams, USL2 teams, things like that. I was hoping that the Dynamo would be able to bring them all under one umbrella, similar to what's going on in Dallas, but it doesn't appear like they're getting any closer to doing that. Yeah, no. So... What were you going to say? I was going to say, I feel like the way Dallas does it is so perfect. I don't really understand why we're not just almost trying to duplicate what they do. You would think, right? You don't, you don't try to change this recipe that works. You, you build off it. You met you. uh, What was it? We used to say you, you, you copy success and you look at what works and you, you do that. But yeah, we, or maybe it's just the amount of money it would take because this is a big business. Youth sports is now a huge fucking business. Oh, yeah. Like growing up, we didn't have these $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 a year leagues. You played for your, your your town, and the good ones made the town's all-star team, and then they went and they traveled, and they played teams from other cities. Now it's like you just pay enough money, and you're on one of these teams. Like that's, 
That's not how it was when I was growing up. Or maybe it's a Texas thing. I don't know. What is it like in New Mexico? I really don't know New Mexico because I wasn't oh, you young were in Jersey. playing soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we didn't have that shit when I was growing up. I just up, played but... for my town. Okay. So it was still like that because I know there's an age gap between you and I. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was, we didn't have that shit. And these, these coaches, like when I got out here and I started coaching, all these kids, like the, the baseball players are the worst. They were like, coach, you know, my, my select coach says that I should be starting. And I'm like, well, your select coach gets paid money to tell you that you're good, but I'll tell you if you suck for free. <laughs> and it's true. Like there was kids that were like, I start every game on my select team. I'm like, well, here you barely make the team. My select coach tells me I'm the shit. Well, here you can't get a hit. So, I mean, stats don't lie, dude. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So, uh, oh, go ahead, man. I said it's definitely just a wait and see type of deal. And we're probably not going to see real results of any sort of changes in the academy for a few years because you know that stuff takes time. So, God, it takes so long. I don't even know like what the the true life cycle of development with these kids in soccer starts at like. What's the oldest you can pick up a ball and be decent? 10 to 12? Yeah, like I if guess. You, if you're an outfield player, goalkeepers can do it whenever. Look at, uh, was it Turner? Yeah, Turner. He didn't start till he was in high school. Yeah, like that's different. And if you're a freak athlete, it's another thing. Like Ocho Cinco, he went out and he played uh, like for one of the USL clubs for a year. Mm-hmm. But he was also a professional football player. He His body can do things that mine only dreams about. Well, same here. Professional athlete, just a professional athlete. He was a phenomenal football player, too. Oh, yeah. He was one of the greatest receivers of his time. Mm-hmm. Great hair, too. So, did you uh, did you watch the game last night? Oh, yeah. What did you think? What did you think of these Apple announcers? I really liked them. Oh, man. They kept saying Baird's name wrong. Baird's. Adrian Haley's been doing it for a long time, so. I was not, maybe it's just because I'm nostalgic, but I really missed Glenn Davis and Eddie so much. And the way that, like the names, when when these guys were saying our club, our guys' names, it's like, man, they don't don't know this guy. Or or maybe their accent just sounds different, but they kept calling Baird, Bairge, and they also got to figure out how to say Bassy or Bossy's name right because I still don't know, and apparently neither do they. I think it's Bossy. We need to ask Marlone because he's met him. Yeah, oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He I was a bunch of the guys met him. He was Bossy last night, man. He was he was impressive. He was. So, uh, have you noticed the Bear Dorsey Tate resemblance? Dude, they all look exactly the same. Oh my god! Like. I've put out some tweets the last two days about how first it was uh, MLS, the Dynamo are the first team in MLS to have brothers on the pitch, which isn't true. See, uh, Portland did it to have brothers on the pitch and Corey Baird and uh, Miami Schmidt, did too. Who was in Miami? Higuain brothers. Oh, that's right. I should have known that. Those are big ones. And then uh, Chris, bad guy Chris, your buddy, chimes in. <laughs> That Tate looks like Baird and Dorsey put together, and it hits me. It's like these motherfuckers are triplets. Yeah, tweet. it's like the new Dynamo look. I mean, you can go back all the way to a bunch of old seasons too. You got like Dylan Remick, you got Andrew Wenger. They all look like Dorsey and Baird too. Those are two guys that were pretty good. 
So I'll take that. I was really, really impressed with Tate Schmidt. Yeah, I, I really like him too. He seems to be like a little bit of a gem we found. So when I was doing his little highlight reel, I got to watch a lot of his college highlights. And I only put I only put the goals in there and I think an assist or two because he scored quite a bit. He used to play up top. But his vision, if you go back and you watch his Louisville highlights, his fucking vision is outstanding. And his ability to ping diagonal balls. He did it last night. This motherfucker can put a diagonal in like it's nobody's business. And he's very good at it. I think, like you said, we found us a hidden gem in this guy because he's still young. He's only got 24 MLS games under his belt. And it seems like he just came off the street, stepped right into the lineup, and he did a job. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really look out of place compared to what we saw with Lundy last season. And Lundy was good. I mean, he's making me not miss Lundy. Like, I was watching him and I was like, Lundquist didn't do this. Adam didn't ping balls across that. He didn't ping diagonals. Adam didn't push up like that. Schmidt's very hungry too. The way he chased after the ball every time is pressing. Great. Our pressing looked good last night. It mm-hmm. looked smart. It looked smart. Did you notice how none of our I noticed that none of our guys, except for Schmidt, were breathing heavy. Yeah, barely, we look fit. We look very fit and we were barely even sweating. I think playing down in Mexico. We only made higher, like one sub. Uh we subbed in Quinones, right? Who else? Certainly yeah, and then Beto with like with like a minute left. And you know what? Avila, Avila did the same thing he was doing last year. He'd get the ball, he'd run out of the side, and then he falls. He runs into somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm and, not too impressed with him. Neither am I. I mean, and granted, he's a better athlete than us, but I'm not like he's it seems like he hasn't really grown since last year, but it's early. And he's youngish. Nelson didn't impress me either. You know what? He uh, there was one play where he got to the byline and he put a ball through to Baird, and it took a little deflection, but it got mm-hmm. right to Corey's feet. That was impressive. But God damn it, is he right footed? He is so one footed. I'm sure he's left footed, dude. I'm telling you now, man. You gotta look it up. I think he's right footed. Oh, in football manager, he's left footed. I could tell you that. <laughs> as long as you're not quoting FIFA, you can stay on the show. <laughs> These motherfuckers who quote FIFA, it's like, all right, now I know that you don't know anything. Let's look here. Nelson Quinones. Footed. Let's see. Transfer market says that he is. Where is it at? It says right. Transfer market says right footed. Because hmm. I was watching him and he was on the right side. And he would knock it past and run by. And then he would he tried to cross it in. But the one I was impressed with, that looked pretty good. But he's still only 20 years old. Yeah, he had a lot of bad touches and a lot of bad decisions. A lot of heavy touches, yeah. There was a did you notice how many times these new guys, Bossy, Frank, Franco as well, their first touch is pretty silky. Yeah. No, Franco's a technician, man. Dude, he he plays defense, he tracks back. I was I was very happy with him and Bossy. See, I was a little more underwhelmed by Franco because I saw potential for him to be really good, but I don't think he really showed it much. See, a lot of there's a few of us that we did that big podcast. They said uh, they didn't think Franco would be that would pan out. I think it was Sean said he. Yeah, it was he Sean. Didn't, he didn't do so well in the lower leagues of Paraguay, which they, he had that one year where he was phenomenal, and the, the car accident not being the same, but. I was impressed with him last night because Rudy had talked about his diminutive stature, right? How he's small. But dude, he he's held tiny. up tiny. Yeah, but he held up pretty well. 
Like he got in there, he fought for the ball. He he did a lot of a lot of shit that bigger guys are supposed to do. Yeah, I want to see him against a more physical team though. Because like how could he hold up against like an RSL or like the Rapids or Portland, one of these more physical teams? You know, Dallas thought, played pretty soft, I thought. See, I thought they were they were playing pretty heavy in the second half. I thought they were uh there's a lot of hard challenges. But to, on him, not so much. In the midfield, whoa. Pomacall got his lunch eaten a few times. I like that. Mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that motherfucker's losing his hair. Oh, my God. Steris was just destroying Velasco. It was great. Oh, that was great when they got to the corner. Dude, Velasco's a little twat. Yeah, dude, Velasco's a little pussy. The shit he was doing and then whining and complaining, he should have gotten two yellows. I don't, know how, I don't know how he didn't get a... I mean, it's a, it's a, a quote, friendly. But there ain't shit friendly about that when we play them. Like hell no, it doesn't matter if it's on a, a, a you know a rec league field over over yonder way or whatever. Like there's nothing friendly about that game. But uh, what we got the lineup. What were your thoughts on the lineup when you saw it? Um, I mean, I was confused with Steres or Bartlow playing right back. But, I mean, there really wasn't many other options. And Dorsey was out. Franco Escobar was out. So, I mean, kind of just came down to it. And then in the midfield is exactly what we expected in that 4-3-3. And then the forward line, I mean, without Thor or Sebas, I mean, Barrett is the striker, I thought made sense. I did think we were going to play a lot differently. As soon as I saw Barrett in there, I thought we were going to play more in behind. Like a false line? But that was something, no, more like, more like, mm. uh, just breaking in behind, behind the defense, more counterattacking. But we really didn't do that. We didn't no, we look didn't. Like in behind at all. That's what, that's something that really shocked me with our style. It was, I don't want to say it's like Arsenal, but like almost like Arsenal in a way, where they Which just is, where they like, didn't play behind. It was high pressing, quick passing, lots of one twos. Yeah, and that's you, Man City. Yeah, Liverpool. I mean, it didn't really play into Barrett's style much, but I think he still played a great game. I think that type of style of striker will fit more with Sebas. See, that's funny you mentioned that because going back to these announcers, they mentioned at a point of how Sebastian Ferreira doesn't fit the mold of this team. It was in the second half, I don't know, 70th minute or so. And that's when I was like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Do you guys not watch this game, this this team? With the ball and creating, like Sebastian Ferreira is he's good at everything. What is well, he? He's going to score a lot of goals, man. Yeah. What does what does Sebas not do well, in your opinion? Defend. He's a striker. Okay, but what, what else? What does he not do well? I mean, he doesn't really get him behind very much because he's not very quick. But, I mean, he could do it because he's got some physicality to him. Like we saw the Montreal goal, he was able to run him behind off the Herrera pass and make a physical play and then play it over that guy's head and score. But he's not really someone who's going to win a foot race. No, maybe with Steris. Or, yeah, but no, he, uh, I was like, he, he fits this better than what we had last year with the, the counterattacking shit. He couldn't keep up. Oh, he no. He couldn't keep up with Fafa and then whoever we put, Pash or whoever was out there, Baird, couldn't keep up with this, this tiki taka type stuff where it's quick passes and then we press. Man, this is, I think this is like, aside from him being a true target man in a system like that, this is going to suit him quite well. Mm-hmm. And this is really what I expect. This is what I was preaching all off season, the the counter pressing. I mean, you got Herrera, Coco, and Arturo. You got a midfield like that. It's perfect for it. Our midfield's tits, dude. It's good. It's so good. 
I saw people saying Artur was disappointing, but I thought Artur was great. I thought he looked a little slow. I think I think I think he played into the pressing even a little bit with how passive he was. I think that was part of the plan because I saw at times where Artur maybe take a step back, and then the forward would get a little too confident, push up a little bit, and you'd see teenage press up and win the ball back. And I think it caught attackers off guard. I think that was part of the plan. It looked like when we press, it kind of evolves into a four-two-four with Coco stepping up to the right and Baird sliding left. Yeah, but Coco played really high up the field. He did, man. Because I was looking, I was like, what are we in here? I know we run a 4-3-3, but dude, it looks like a 4-2-4 right now because Coco looked like a second striker up there. Yeah, he played high up. I mean, I don't, I doubt we see that all season because there's no way we we just dominate possession like that every single game. But man, if he could play like that, he could seek and score double digit goals and assists easy. Yeah, and it's amazing how we went. We've been since I've started watching this team. Uh, what year is it? Eight years ago, okay, or excuse me, seven years ago. It's always been counterattacking. It's always been relying on pace. There's never been a possession aspect to this team, and the uh, the rapidity is that the word I'm looking for. The rapidness with how we changed our sure. philosophy and, and it actually worked. I don't, I don't know. That's a word. <laughs> I was like, this is this is this doesn't look like anything I've ever seen us do, and it's working. I think we were like fifty-eight to forty-two in possession or something like that. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. I really liked the left-hand side too. I thought the way Bassi would come in and invert a bit and play almost like a ten, and then Schmidt came up and kind of put gave that wide option. I thought that was phenomenal. I think it that's going to work a lot, especially when you get Brad Smith involved because Brad Smith's somebody to really get to the end line and put in a really good cross. So I'm looking at the stats from last night. You ready for this shit? Sure. We had 18 shots to their 11, six on target to their one. Possession was 53 to 47. We completed more passes and we completed them at an 88% rate. That's fucking unreal. That's what Herrera brings to the team, man. He was so calm on the ball, switching the play, short passes, long passes, Directing the tempo, just everything. He was just phenomenal. I don't think he's even quite up to speed in this system yet. And he looked comfortable. You know, he didn't look like last year, he looked like he was trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. I was looking at him in like minute 85, thinking, why is he still on? I'm like, oh my God, he's not even sweating. No, he looks healthy. He looks ready. He looks hungry. With, you know, having our tour there to back you up. And having Coco doing what Coco can do, Hector can kind of just drift around and find the spots, and then he can create those little one-twos towards the end. He tried to run with Baird and everything. Mm-hmm. And but, people want Herrera to maybe score some goals and create a bit, but I think if Herrera could play like that every game, it would be perfectly fine. But if he just brings that stability to our midfield and just controls our possession, there's not many midfielders in MLS that could do that to that level. No, well, okay, let's be honest. There's not many who in MLS as a midfielder is truly better than Hector Herrera. It's a tough one. I mean, and I'm not, not to be Paulo, maybe not to be a homer, but I mean, yeah, this is a guy that Paulo definitely. I think, I think maybe I think you can make an argument for Nagby when it comes to control in a game. I mean, Nagby's incredible, but he's not as good defensively as Herrera is. No, and yes, Hector is older, but he's not. He's not old by MLS standards yet. He's got another year or two before that starts to kick in. But man, 
he looked comfortable and he even said, uh, was it Corey Baird said, I wasn't expecting to take the penalty. Hector asked me if I wanted it. So I took it. Yeah, he's a leader, man. Oh, 100%. It seems like this is his team. The shit show that was last year with all those holdovers and the cancers. Uh, they're gone. Imagine we, Fafa giving Barrett a PK. Yeah, I can imagine Fafa running up and stealing the ball and fucking taking it to the <laughs> locker room. Like putting it under his shirt and leaving. I'm taking my ball and going home. That would never happen last year. Fucking, he was salsa dance off the field. <laughs> Motherfucker can move. He can dance, though. Zell. Man, have fun with him in uh, Nashville, guys. Have, have fun. Uh, he was he was great for a year, man. But after that, it was like this guy's a dick. He wasn't even great by our standards. He was for us. He was because he scored eleven goals. And, yeah, he God, scored that, he scored some goals on an awful team. Yeah, but so did uh so did a lot of guys. So when we trotted this lineup out, I went, all right, where's Franco Escobar? Also, Apple, thanks. You had Bartlow at right back. And Steris is the center back. And I was like, ooh, they're trying Ethan out out there. And then I look at it like, okay, that's not Bartlow. That's Steris. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone really knew when they put the lineups what the hell was going on at that right back position. I think that was Apple guessing. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Now, I will say our bench left a lot to be desired. Our bench is fucking light. Because well, our, our bench is... was also starting the game. Well, what's up with uh, with Thor? I know Sebus is getting his... Uh, his paperwork finalized so he can stay Thor's here. Same thing, I believe. Same thing. Franco Escobar, what's his deal? He has a knock. Dude. He's day to day. So what we saw last night was without Franco Escobar, and it was out without Sebastian Ferreira, which means up top, who's the odd man out right now in your mind? Is it Franco? Is it Yvonne Franco? It's got to be Franco. Franco for Baird? Yeah, I would say Baird starts on that right. You can't drop bossy. Dude, the way he the way he was playing, you can't drop him. He's gonna be a key player because he's also more ready. Yeah, I, I think that right hand side is Baird's spot to lose. But the good thing is, even if he loses it or he is out of form, we have a guy behind him who last night we saw he can play at this level and he can be effective. In Ivan Franco, but man, I'm real fucking excited to see. Oh man, I am so excited to see Franco Escobar in this. And even even if the left side stays as Tate Schmidt, dude, what I saw last night after him being here for just a little bit of time, totally fine. Not only now do we have possibly Vanderkust, who is fine. He he's not here yet, is he? No, I doubt he plays for a bit. And neither is Achara. He still can't get his paperwork either. Nope. So we have two other guys that were signed with the thought of being either. In between Dinah Dose and our team and the pro team, or as fill-ins for Brad Smith when he gets back. And uh I don't know, I don't know where Achar fits in. Bossy fits in for Bossy on the left as a backup. I think he probably fits in as another option on the right. Not either way. Is he right or left mid by trade? Um, I believe right. I'd look up his name, but I can't spell it. I believe right. He's more of a get him behind kind of guy. Yeah. Like Baird. Like a super sub, Tyler Pasher. Yeah. But with MLS experience, not at a USL. Not great MLS experience, but MLS experience. Yeah. And now, dude, like, when I saw our bench last night, I looked at the depth and I thought, okay, this this isn't great. But you take guys like Evans, Juarez, LaFleur, and Rios, and you replace them with names like Achara, Vanderkust, Smith, Escobar, or uh, Schmidt, Ivan Franco. Castilla and Reigns as well. 
Yeah, Castilla and Reigns. I'm sure they'll be mostly Dinodos. Yeah, they played with the they played their early friendly against Dallas too. The dose one. But people have said like our depth isn't great. It's not, but it's it's better than it's been. And in reality, the bench we saw last night should not be the bench we see for most of the season unless there's a lot of injuries. Yeah, and people forget how dominant Thor could be too off the bench. He's a game changer. I think for he's sure. I th- I think right now and I'm guilty of it too of really underrating him. I think he's going to be our X factor off the bench. I think he very well could be number two in goals on the team. Yeah, I mean, I've been really harsh on him at times too, and I and I think it may be a little unfair. I think he needs to work a little bit on some things, but I think he could really be that number two. Well, it's also unfair of us to critique him when he was forced to play left wing. Yeah, you know, because he's not. We played him out of position. We played Memo out of position. Well, but whatever yeah. position you're playing doesn't excuse some of the finishing he had. True. Rookie season. But yeah, it is a rookie season. It's something to build off. So I'm not completely going to shit on the player. But but you know what, man? Let me ask you a question. This was Ben Olsen's first televised debut. And this, was, this wasn't a game that counted. But it was a big game to all of us Dynamo fans. This was a big fucking deal. What did you think of Ben's debut? I thought it was great. I thought he got the lineup pretty well. I mean, there wasn't many options, but I think the lineup was great. I think the approach was great. He really made adjustments. You saw in the first half how easily that they were getting in behind Bartlow. Mm-hmm. And they really changed that up. They they plugged that gap in for the second half. You know, Artur maybe covered that space a little more. And it really made Bartlow a little more comfortable in possession too. Giving Artur more of an option and covering those lanes when they turn the ball over. I'm just worried about who, uh, what happens when our tour needs a break. Who has it become? Has it become Bartlow? Who plays Dude. there? Reigns or Castilla or Herrera could play back there too. Uh, let's not think about that. Let's yeah, let's just, not think about that. Let's hope uh, Artur plays 34 games this year. Yeah, let's assume he's going to, he can sit out the open cup matches and the, uh, yeah, give Reigns those games. Whatever that other bullshit tournament is we have. What is it, the League's Cup? Leagues, oh, League's Cup is, is a break in the MLS season, so. Not good. But I want to see our young kids come out and get some time in the Open Cup and in that because to us fans, if you're not winning the Open Cup, you have to. we have to win something. We have to really be competitive in something for this to be a season that brings back the doubters because there's still a shitload of them out there. But uh, I watched Ben Olsen's interview before the game. And even though he almost called Pat Onstead Pat Mendelson, I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I he did. Goes, Pat or well, Pat Asher, Pat Asher. I mean Pat Onstead and Asher. I was like, oh, you confused the two. But I thought he said all the right things. And you know what? He looked, he looked excited. He looked well rested, and he looked really composed. He did. He did not look. He looked like he's been here before, guys. And that's when's the last time we could say that about a coach that we had, Wilmer, right? Sorta. I mean, Wilmer never really coached at. Uh, uh, did he coach at an MLS level beforehand? Chivas, Chivas USA. I think, yeah, before yeah, they yeah. Uh, before they folded. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're like kind of like you're right, kind of. But this is a guy. This is his eleventh season in MLS, and I don't know what has happened, but I'm still <laughs> sticking by the fact that forever, whatever phase we are of rebuilding this club into being a powerhouse 
in the Western Conference and in the United States and eventually the world because you can do that in soccer. I think that right now he is the right fit. Not sexy, but he's what we need. Yeah, someone to rally the troops back together, get us going again. And whatever whatever he's decided to implement in training is working because that was that was a totally new style. And that's that's I guess we already touched on it, but I guess I didn't really talk about it. Man, I was I was shocked watching the passing the triangle work. Like I haven't seen us do that ever. I've never seen that. Legit working triangles and then moving off the ball and getting open. Never seen us do that. And I've always been an advocate of passing the ball, moving forward, not just humping it up the field and going and playing fetch. But I was amazed at how good it looked for how little time he's really had to implement it. So uh, which player last night, who was your man of the match? I mean, I think the obvious answer is Coco. You're going with Coco. All right. I'll give Coco my man of the match too. Which player impressed you the most, though? Mm. I mean, you can say Coco. I think I, that's what I expected of Coco. I want to say, I want to say, a teenage. He did look good, didn't he? I thought he looked a lot more composed than he did last year. He was super calm on the ball. He always he he knew when to step up, when to when to press. His passing was phenomenal. Yeah, I was watching them work the ball back and forth, him and uh, Bartlow, and I was, I would get nervous. They'd work it back to Clark. I was nervous, but it, they never seemed stressed about it. No, I mean Tanich had that one really good tackle too. On uh, was it on Ferreira or was it on Ariola? It was one of them. Ferreira, who's continued his World Cup form. Yeah, he was invisible. Dude, I, maybe that system doesn't really work with him as the false nine. I mean, I don't know. He'd- I'm a fan of Ferreira's game. I think he's a good player, but yeah, he he was horrible. Yeah, his and his hairdo, his stylist needs some tips. Go, yeah, yeah. He, he's less, a little goofy looking. Less blonde, man. He looks like when Darwin Seren went platinum last year. That was a terrible choice. <laughs> that was one of the worst hair colors I've ever seen on a grown man in sports. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it looks bad. Like Herman Munster. But uh, you know who impressed me the most? Is Tate Schmidt. Yeah. Because... I mean, I'm sure he's been training with us. Maybe they what, what do they call it in football manager? Or they give him a trial? A trial? Yeah, he was on trial. Yo, he came out and when I saw him, I was like, what the fuck? They just threw him right in. He played like he's been here. He impressed me the most, hands down. After him, uh, I would say Bossy. Or Arthur, man. Fuck. There's so many. You say Baird too. He's goal and assist. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Baird had the assist? For Coco, yeah. Coco scored? First goal, yeah. They listed Steris as the goal scorer. I mean, it was Coco's goal. Took a deflection. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, Baird technically had a goal and assist. I thought that he was kind of non-existent, though. Kind of quiet. Corey. Aside from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Long, Long spells where you didn't hear his name or talk about him. But it seemed like we were running it down the wings through Bossy, through Franco, with the backs. And Steris did a great job being played out of position and holding his own over there. Yeah, he was great. I think we, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that look again in the season, especially if Escobar isn't healthy to start the year. Same with Dorsey. Uh, Olsen said both those players are day to day. 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see Steris play right back in a well, I'm not like in love with it, but I think I'm comfortable with it. Because it is how he's preached in the offseason. He said he wants the left back to be more attacking, the right back being more defensive. So I think it works. He just needs to work on transitioning the ball a little bit. And I think that might be a little bit on our tur to give him a better option. Well, our right side was rough. Our right side features two guys that attack. Franco Escobar and Griffin Dorsey are both attacking guys. Like I know Escobar can play the right center back position, but if you watch him in the past, this guy he runs into the box, he gets back post. He's a he is an attacking fullback. It just the idea of both of them attacking scares me because we only have that that one six to provide yeah. cover. But I noticed even Coco Karaskia would he dropped in between the center backs a few times. Did you see that? Yeah, and he played a big part in the pressing game too. That I was just, I could say he I was, was most, everywhere. I could also say I was most impressed by Ben Olsen's ability to turn shit around so quickly. But uh, hey, after seeing last night, do you think that we're going to finish higher or lower than you originally thought? I'm still going to say I'm still going to say eighth. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say eighth. Ah, man, I'm going to say seventh. I'm going to say seventh. I'm going to knock on wood. But I think I think this is a playoff team because we are two of our better pieces. We're not even there, and we managed to boss a a team featuring two U.S. men's teams players, Pomacall, who's got men's team experience as well. And we just it. oh, and him too. Yeah, we, I mean we we went out and we just. We didn't have our way with them, but we outplayed them. Yeah, it's not something we could have said in a long time against Dallas since what was it 2016 where we thumped them that one time? I mean, how many times have we outplayed anybody on the stat line? And I mean, for every four games we play, we might outplay one. It was there was a stretch in the middle of last year that we outplayed everyone, but just couldn't finish. Well, hopefully that's over because we have a lot of attacking parts in now. So many. Yeah. Like so many, man. And they are not only are they attacking parts, but they're multifaceted attackers. They can pass and they can score and they defend. Granted, I, I think Franco does a better job on defense than Bossy. And I, I think Baird really uh worked his ass off last night getting around the pitch. But always does. But Coco, uh Coco man of the match deservedly. And everything, but whew. what else you got, Joey? Um, so the only real negative I could really give was I thought Steve Clark was pretty rough. Well, we have Andrew Tarbell waiting in the ring, the wings, and we got rid of Mikey. Mikey's gone. Yeah, I thought I mean Clark's distribution was pretty horrible. And then there was a few times where he went to catch it and he missed his punches. Yeah. A couple missed punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was a little scary, but well, I mean, you know, he's a he's a veteran. He'll get his shit together. If he doesn't pan out, we got a guy in Andrew Tarbell who's got what 40, 50 games of MLS experience under his belt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm not too worried about the goalkeeper position, but Steve Clark did did scare me a little bit last night. I think he'll be fine though. What is it next year? There's an option on Clark, right? Yeah, next year. I mean, we should probably start looking for a new goalkeeper next year. Well, I'll be honest. I think I don't know if they're looking at Tarbell as the uh, oh, I'm yawning. If they're looking at Tarbell as the successor, I'm not. 
but I Stuver was a good good player in Austin. You're not going to beat him out. But uh, for the, for what we're paying him and what he brings, I don't know. I don't think Tarbell is the answer if it's not Clark. Yeah, probably not. I mean, you're still Valdez, but you know he has the concussion issue. Yeah, how old is he? He's a young kid, isn't he? He's young, young. So he's like like 18, 19, I think. He's young. Yeah, he's... Unless they're freaks, they usually don't break in at that early. Yeah, unless you're like Slanina. Yeah, and there's not many of him walking around. No. Like there's only one. But, uh, Joe, why don't you... Uh, I think that's it. I was going to tell you to give your social media, but... You guys should all know where to find Joey. Send it out there, Joe. What's your what's your Twitter again? Be Joe Chabal ten. Yeah, and uh, I think that's it, man. Nothing else. I'm just looking forward to the season, man. God, so exciting! What is it? Five, six more days. Ah, uh, in Cincy. Yo, did you notice how many seats are still missing from the stadium? Yeah, there's a lot. But, you know, we got. Thought three whole weeks, four weeks. We got a while. I hope they didn't send any of those bitches on train because they might not. <laughs> they might not get here. That shit's yeah, wild. I'm not. I'm not too worried. They'll get. They'll get it done. If not, you know what, guys, just fucking stand. Yeah, just stand up and yell. If my daughter could stand three hours at a Bruce Springsteen concert. You can stand for ninety minutes at a Dynamo game. But uh, last thing, let's do housekeeping one more time, guys. If you made it this far, it's the end. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Uh, follow me on social media to see when I'm going to be performing stand-up. And then if you like uh, inappropriate tweets every now and again, we can talk about those. Uh, I did, uh, I think I got under Phil Westkin, the uh, the striker guy. I didn't see that. This fucking guy. Okay, look. Phil West is is 100% an Austin Homer. He lives in Austin. He posts pictures of himself in Austin t-shirts. And he is the managing editor of the striker. He alone is doing all the Western Conference previews. Talk about having a a, a, a non-impartial journalist doing these previews. And he think he picked us as 12th in the West. And in his article, he he totally 100% bashed on the club for like the lack of attendance and this and that, which th- that's true. But you show your you show that you bleed green and black. When you write that shit and you take it away from our boy, Victor Ariza, who we all love, and he writes great shit. But I offered Phil, what did he say? I told him, I said, yo, if we finish 11th or better, I'll let you, I'll subscribe to the striker and I'll let you run an ad on the show for free for a year. This guy goes, so you're telling me you don't subscribe to the striker? I'm like, no, bitch. <laughs> I use a service that gets around your stupid ass paywall so I can read your articles without paying for them because I don't want to read shit. Where ninety percent of it is from Austin fucking people, nine percent of it is from outside of MLS, and one percent is Victor Ariza. I read it for Victor, and I'm not paying money just to fucking read his articles. No offense, Victor, I love you, but I'm not putting my money in that fucking douchebag's pocket. I'll, Victor, send me your cash app. I'll send you money. <laughs> but no, it's just it uh, fucking chaps my ass. But you know what we didn't cover. What didn't we cover? What did we miss? The jersey. All right. What'd you think of it? I just thought about that. Dude, I freaking love it. It's sexy, isn't it? Yeah, dude. It's nice. It gives me like a Roblox vibe a little bit with the pixels. Huh? Looks nice. But I like oh. the uh I like the gradient. 
That's what we call it in the industry, people. It's called a gradient, how it changes, that orange changes. I saw people saying it looked like N'Golo Conte's heat map. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Where is he now, man? He's still Chelsea. Is he hurt? He's not playing at all. Yeah, he's been injured all year. Somebody was like, who's the best six in the Premier League? And to me, it's been N'Golo Conte for as long as I can oh, remember. Oh, definitely. I don't, think it, I don't think he's the best six. Who? Conte? No, he's not really a six. He's a defensive midfielder. Yeah, he's more of he's more of a box to box guy. No, we're gonna I guess we'll just disagree. Huh. Best six is Casemiro. I can't even argue that at this point. Where's Casemiro play? Man United? Yeah. Bro, he looks overweight. He's a stud. He looks a little chubby. I I love party, but he, the dude's a stud. I always I always like Conte in that position. He was always my favorite because he's so little. Motherfucker's tiny. Mm-hmm. But boy, does he, real get tiny. he gets after it, though, man. Covers every blade of grass. So earlier we were linked with Latif Blessing. Would you Would you still take Latif Blessing on this team? Yeah, why not? See, I wouldn't because I don't think he fits the style that we play now. I would have before. Uh, I think he could. I think he'd slot into that Coco role really nicely. Isn't he more of like a winger, like a left mid, right mid type of guy? Plays on the outside. He, he plays more. He played more as a midfield. He started out more as a winger, like an SKC. But as he moved to to the LAFC, they treated him more as a midfielder. Where is he now? New England. I guarantee you, he's going to play a bunch there. Oh, he'll, he's going to be a dead on starter. He probably takes Tommy Mack's spot. Oh, dude, Tommy McNamara is one who I said last year I'd take him back, and someone was like, "Why?" I said because he's better than what we got. I'm not too too high on Tommy Mac, but I don't think he sucks as much as people think. No. Yeah, so, I don't, the Teeth Blessing is going to be weird in doing. I'm not too sure where he fits, though. I think probably in that midfield spot because I don't know what the hell they're running. They're such a weird roster. Arena's still in charge up there, isn't he? Yeah. And we're going to find out what they're doing week two. Yeah, on the road. Man, yeah. what, we got to go on the road and we got to get at least two points. I, I think we got to beat them. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing with their forwards. Like they got two DP strikers who were kind of don't complement each other whatsoever. It's just really weird. And they try to ship go out wide and he and just that, doesn't work there. You see these guys, the galaxy are signing a lot of these, uh, ha- LAFC and the galaxy. They've picked up a lot of like also ran players. Yeah. And the galaxy have a pretty, they're, they're supposedly boycotting, Klein, and they showed footage last night of how there's nobody in the stadium. But I don't, I don't know how many games we're letting fans in because we sure didn't. No, media and family, and you could hear, you could hear everything. That was my favorite. You could hear all the profanity, all the yelling, all the bickering, all the banter. You could hear it all. I kept hearing, yeah. I kept hearing somebody yell, "Play fucking advantage! Play the fucking advantage!" <laughs> and I was listening. I go, "Is that Rudy?" It probably was Rudy. God, Rudy, watch your mouth. You're on, you're on national, national-ish coverage now. I was hoping to hear Glenn a bit. Glenn was there. Yeah, he was. Man, don't, don't, don't bring his name up because I'm like legitimately sad. I really miss his voice. He, uh, he's always a calming, honest, positive, knowledgeable, you know, commentator for us. Oh, he's great. I mean, I'm <sighs> tuning into Soccer Matters every week though. Soccer Matters at seven thirty on Tuesdays. 97.5 ESPN. Did you buy any of his merch? Uh, I have not. Did I don't even... No, 
I have not. I haven't bought a new Dynamo kit in like two years. Dude, buy, buy his merch. It's going to a good cause too. Yeah, I think we need to start selling merch. I agree. What number should be on the back of all the shirts we sell? 69. All right. What? Uh-huh. What'd you say? <laughs> no, seriously, you should go buy it. You should go, everyone should go buy some of uh, Soccer Matters merch. Yeah. Support. It's got hats and, hats and shirts. I bought both. So did you buy them before or after the dramatic weight loss? Uh, after. I bought them about a month ago now. Don't wash them on high. Don't wash them on hot and dry them on high. Keep that shit cool and medium. Yep. You don't want that cotton shrinking. Hell no. It always happens. Yeah, especially if any of you guys that have ended up buying like uh, off-brand shirts, bro, as soon as you wash them, they shrink like an entire size. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I still haven't bought the new Dynamo jersey yet. I need to buy it. I see, I bought my kid, my son. I bought him a bunch of new stuff. I dude, I I would rather wear a Dynamo T-shirt than a jersey because I hate the way they fit. I hate being having that fabric so like clinging to me, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy it soon though. It's just expensive as hell, like two hundred bucks for the custom. Dude, the <clears> prices <throat> are outrageous. The, yeah, they, and they vary too. They vary by you know, from kit to kit. But you know these, I guess inflation's finally hit those little kids in Vietnam. <laughs> Like, you're actually gonna to be them. mad at me, but I actually before I bought the Dynamo kit, I bought the the DC United one. Why would I be mad? I don't know. People think it's weird, but hey, did you see the DC United one? I have not. I like the uh, the Sounders one. I like that shit's fucking cool. Go look at the DC United one right now. <sighs> if Joey's telling me to do it, I gotta do it. DC United kit. Uh, it's okay. XDC. Let me see. It's, it's it's plain as cherry. It's got the cherry blossoms. It's got like a pink hue to it. Am I looking at the right one? It's the white and pink one. Okay, I'm looking at the black one. The home. Where's the away? Okay, here we go. Come on, load for me. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I'm buying that right away. That's pretty cool. I like that. I do like the Sounders kit. Oh, uh, the Bruce Lee one. Yeah, man. Sounders yeah, kids, badass. I liked a lot of them. I like the Cincy one a lot too. I think the release overall was pretty was pretty good for most teams. I, Austin's is fucking horrible, and that's oh, not yeah, even terrible. Me. Like I hate Austin, but I if they had a nice kit, I would tell them that's that thing's fucking awful. Same with Dallas. Oh my lord, it's Dallas. All they did was change the logo, the the sponsor. That's it. It's now a hospital instead of like uh, what's that fucking drink people used to buy spark advocare yeah the the, the yeah. austin austin fc one is fucking hideous oh it's really bad I, I, I think i think dallas and austin's are the two worst ones like austin okay look this is gonna sound bad maybe i shouldn't say it i'm just gonna fucking say it none of their lines match up and like it looks like someone with dyslexia designed that jersey and there's nothing against dyslexic people but the line should fucking match right yeah, you know, people are calling it a QR code. Yeah, it looks like, it does. It looks like a QR code and the lines don't match. It's like it's like you fucked up and you just kind of patch. It looks like a quilt my grandmother would make out of fucking jeans that we don't wear anymore. But it is yeah. cheaper. So maybe that's why it's fucking hideous. Yeah, as a whole though, the ML, this is like one of the best years for kit launches though. I think almost every team had a pretty solid one. 
Yeah, ours is dope. Uh, the bio, we, we have the Bio City version too, right? The all black one. Yep, that's. I still think that's our best one we've ever had. Oh yeah, for sure, for fucking sure. I, I mean, I hope we never go back to anything white, as much as no. black retains heat. The away jerseys, the black ones, they look dope, man. They're fucking tight. I still wear my white one every now and then. I just with us, I don't like the white with us. The last white one I bought was the 2015 one. It's a Giles Barnes one. Yeah, I remember him. Oh yeah, I do see the hexagons on ours now. Yeah, it kind of looks like a face a little bit, like over the where the breasts are would be like eyes and like a mouth going oh, <laughs> then underneath is like a bow tie or. Yeah, I yeah. can see it though. Yeah. It's cool though, man. I like it. It's different. You gonna buy one? I definitely get one for my son. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I get one, I'm getting the Bayou City one. I'm getting the black yeah, one. I, I have that one already. I have teenage on that one. Because I like uh I like my kids plain. I don't like too much uh too much going on because of my ADHD. And at least with that one, that one fits me fine still because uh, the authentic ones are always a little bit of a tighter fit. Yeah, I always order them bitches like two sizes bigger than I am. Yeah. I got that one in a 2X and I'm a fit into a large regularly now. That one still fits me. Damn it, Joey. I don't even fit in a large. I'm under 200, but I don't <laughs> fit in a large. I'm 6'1", though. How tall are you? It's like 5'9", five, 5'8". Five, pretty short. And driving must be easy for you. It is. Uh, I drive a short little car, too. What do you drive? Uh, Ford Fiesta. Oh, wow. Those are short. Mm-hmm. Bro, in high school, my my but my best friend drove a Ford Festiva, which looks like a pregnant roller skate. And this bitch was so light that like three of us could pick it up and turn. We used to do this to him in the fucking parking lot at work. We'd go out there and grab underneath his wheel wells and pick that bitch up and turn it sideways. <laughs> and then he couldn't get out. He'd be stuck. No, we were dickheads. Anyway, boys and girls, we have reached the end. Joey, any final thoughts? Oh, just can't wait for the season to start and go Dynamo. That's right, man. Season starting is big fucking news. And you better be excited. If you're listening to this, you should be excited. Uh, last time, rate, review, subscribe. Guys, I can see how many of you subscribe to the show. Okay? And I can see how many of you guys have rated it. And the numbers don't match. So let's get those ratings to mirror the subscriptions. Uh, you can catch me Monday night at Rudyard's, Thursday at Avant Garden, Friday and Saturday at The Secret Group. Follow me on social media for those dates. Uh, my hetero life partner, Joey, I love you. Talk to you in a week. Love to you, man. See you. For sure, for sure. And uh, I'm Finister, and as always, go Dynamo. He's got Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get his second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Sebas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's 4-2 Houston Dynamo. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure. For the introductory music, you can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.